Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, we break down the MLB trade deadline and the Cubs and Sox moves. That weren't. The White Sox don't make many moves to make themselves a pennant contender, and the Cubs don't do the sell-off we all expected them to do. All that and more on today's episode of Believe in Chicago Sports. Welcome in to the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast with myself, Dan Collins, and my fine, lovely co-host, Joey Gellman, who's on the other side of the Zoom. Zoom, once again, almost three weeks, uh, three shows and going strong with the Zoom. Uh, once again, he's Joey Gellman. You can find him on Twitter at Joey Gellman. Myself on the Tweet Machine as well at Tweet Dan Collins. If you're tuning in today, a bigger thank you, I think, than usual because you would have read um, the little tease. You would have listened to the tease by now. And you know exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a Chicago baseball trade deadline that basically gave us nothing. <laughs> so that's the headline, folks. That's the breakdown, folks. Talking about a whole bunch of nothing that happened. Obviously, we'll dive uh, into it a lot more than that. What are we, Seinfeld? The show about nothing? Is that what show, we are today? It's the show about nothing. Well, it's actually, Joey, going to be the show about frustration. Um, well, at least on my end. On your end, um, it might be more puzzling in the sense of what the Cubs did. Um, We'll obviously get there. We'll cross that bridge when we do get there. But the White Sox, um, the day before the trade deadline, pick up a Southpaw reliever, uh, Jake Dykeman, and that was all about it. (laughs) So we sit here today with the White Sox um, as we record this show. I believe it's two games above 500 because they they won today. So yoo-hoo, yeah-yeah, against the Kansas City Royals. But Joey, like I look, I look at this and probably the most upsetting thing about not going out there and didn't necessarily have to make a splash, but you could have done something. And I guess maybe if you want to, you know, count Dykeman as, as something, <laughs> which no, we're talking about like on deadline day, who's the big name you're going to bring in or who's somewhat of a quality um, bat or arm you're going to bring in to like keep trying to improve this team. And I'm going to rewind it all the way back to last year where I was in big-time disappointment mode, which was at the end of the postseason when they lost the series to the Astros. We thought going into that series as Sox fans that, hey, let's see what happens here now. We're back in the playoffs. We could beat this Astros team. Like, Let's see how far we get now. We're finally back in the postseason. How far are we going to get? And then, boy, we found out rather quickly during that series, and by the time it was over, we talked about it here on this very show, that, wow, those socks, they, they probably weren't really as good as we thought they were, right? Like, I don't know if they're necessarily championship contenders. They're going to have to make some better moves in the offseason and then during next season still see exactly where they can improve and go from there. And where I'm coming at here now is I think we're worse. As a matter of fact, I know we're worse. If you're just looking straight up on paper, um, the, the numbers don't lie. Was it 53 and 51 or, or they're at right now is they are not as good as a team as they were last year. And we came to this consensus that that's not a good enough team to get it over the hump. So if you're not improving from last year and other teams are right, like other teams are accelerating and doing more during their championship windows and the white Sox aren't the San Diego white Sox. Exactly. Oh, they, yeah. (laughs) Fernando Tatis for James Shields. Maybe we could have traded uh, we really couldn't have given up like a Lance Lynn for Fernando Tatis swap or something like that of Johnny Cueto um, for Fernando Tatis swap. The San Diego is wheeling and dealing, but that's the thing that sucks the most about this, right? Like it's a little bit more of like a macro picture, but if you want to contend 
in your championship window. You have to keep getting better also in that window is what I feel. And we're not. If anything, like I said, we're getting worse and not necessarily getting worse in terms of like the like players that we're getting let go, but because there's players that are not right, like performing to their abilities, right? They're 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 underachieving, if you will. Yasmani Grandal being one of them, Yoan Moncada being another in terms of like you would have expected way better. Not to even mention injuries that have come across the board this year. Garrett Crochet not even making it out of the gate. Louis Louis Robert, like what's going on there is is something like you know what he's been dealing with, which I believe they were trying to um, don't quote me here, like blaming on like a, like a vitamin deficiency or something like that, or, or like a bug. Basically, like it's not a big deal; it's going to pass, and he will eventually be well. Let's hope that's the case. But you also have players like Eloy Jimenez, who you, you like didn't have for a good part of this year because, like, once again, like seems to. I don't want to throw the word injury prone out there, but injuries do happen, right? We we noticed that this year, so injuries happen. Um, certain players not playing up to their to their expected abilities that should have almost accelerated, right? Like things to do like at the trade deadline, or I guess you could look at it as like, is this almost like a mini wave of the white flag where it's like, wow, not only are we worse than where we at, than we were at this time last year, but like, yeah, there are people who, there are players on this team that are also not meeting their expectations along with the injury bug, along with a slow start out, out the gate because of the weather, remember that one, that we're so far behind right now, there's really nothing we can do to get us back to where we potentially were and then over that hump. So we're just going to have to wave the white flag here and take it into next year, which even if that is the case, once again, super disheartening because now how do you get better in the offseason? And like, like, how are we going to keep getting better as a team during this window, when well, like I said, the other teams are the other teams are rolling. San Diego Padres, like you said, they were they're willing and dealing. They're they're trying to get it going. Just stick here, even in the National League, Yankees seventy plus win team, uh, Astros not holding back. Minnesota Twins in your division, who you're behind, getting better at the trade deadline, and you're and you're chasing them by a few games when it's all said and done. So I don't know. That's to me like the kind of big picture here, and, and why it hurts the most, and you know why it sucks the most, I should say, and like why you're frustrated as a White Sox fan because it's not only like we didn't get anything. But it's also like, wow, like we we really did need that something because where we're at now, it's not going to cut it. How do I know that? Because we saw it last year. Now, if you want to go into the playoffs and say, oh, we'll roll the dice and maybe we get, you know, four great starts after four great starts, series after series, and we win the whole thing. Sure, whatever. But that's that's a pipe dream. Right. And that's the problem is it's it's. This is supposed to be that championship year, right? This is supposed to be your Cubs 2016 year where you go all out. And they just aren't. And I think I think you're right. I think it's that twofold thing. I think one, it's you know unacceptable that they they didn't get a deal done that can better them, and that they're not in a better position to compete for for a pennant. You know, and when when Rick Hahn comes out and says we're disappointed, we weren't able to do more to improve the club. Like, but you're in charge of improving the club, so I like it's just like like you can't you're calling yourself out. It just was very weird. Um, that they weren't be able to get those deals done. But I, I I wonder if, you know, sadly, it's more of what you're saying is where they're at right now. Sure. Could they make a playoff run in the next two months? Yeah. But they're not built right now to contend for a World Series when you got the Yankees and the Padres and the Dodgers, you know, all, all these teams kind of in your way. 
that it's almost like, yeah, let's let's wave the white flag for this year, like you said, not give up on it, but it's not worth sacrificing everything we have to go for it in a year when you're most likely not going to either potentially make the playoffs, let alone a wild card or let alone a long run. And so it's, 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 it's a weird admission of kind of status quo of where you're at right now and coming to realize that this isn't the year every anybody wanted. And I know the fans are pissed, but now at this time, right, the front office is kind of like, okay, like we kind of sadly see it too. And it's, 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 it needs a full evaluation going into next year because why mortgage everything now in a season that's not going to benefit you? Um, and it's just, it's, it's really disheartening. And I'm not even a White Sox fan, but it's just, it's, it's, it's supposed to be that year and it's not, and you never know when you're going to get it right. The Cubs had a lot of good playoff runs, but they got one and they are further away than hell from getting back. Right. So it's, it's every season sacred mantra that Theo used to have. I don't know when the Sox portion is going to be back to that. So we're going to have to see, but it's, it's just, it's a microcosm of everything we've seen this year um, boiling down to, we couldn't get anything done to the deadline. And did we want to get anything done to the deadline? That's where you stand. Yeah, and I think like at the very least though is there's clearly a few positions where you could have totally improved. Um, a lot of people were thinking they were going to bring in a, a righty arm as well in the bullpen to go along with uh, with Dykeman. Somebody thought, hey, maybe at least a pair of arms for the bullpen. Um, but not only that, I mean, second base, right? Like unless you want to roll with Josh Harrison and 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 Larry Legend all year um, in the outfield, where every now and then we're you know. Eloy's out for part of the year. Robert now hopefully making a return, but you need to add a little bit more depth there. The only thing we've added really since since last season was uh, AJ Pollock, and that's not necessarily you know the the, the hottest name around town um, in terms of like what what his performance has been since joining the team. So that's where you've upgraded and added depth since last season. In the outfield is AJ Pollock, and in the infield with Josh Harrison, which. Not necessarily, I don't think, names that are going to get you over the championship hump. And then you look into, you know, pitching acquisitions. Graveman, arguably, obviously, the, the best acquisition you've made since last season. Um, you know, Joe Kelly now with, with the with the bicep um, injury or the arm injury, I guess I should say, to, to, to be maybe a tad more accurate. You don't know what you have there now and if, if something like that's going to keep acting up. And heck, even in the rotation, the best thing we, they, they've done so far was nice shot in the pan with, with Johnny Cueto, right? Like, so, and he's outperforming guys like Lance Lynn and uh, Lucas Giolito at this point, which is a little ridiculous. And that goes to show you why we're at where we're at. And let's just also call out the, one of the biggest factors here, like one of the biggest, you know, stories that are tied into it is I'm not saying with Tony La Russa and a lot of people obviously want a new manager, and we've, we've talked plenty of, of that on the show as well, but now with the shortcomings here at the deadline, is 
Tony LaRusso like a potential scapegoat now for the front office? Like it, it's like super weird. It's like where do you well, he might be up? asleep, so you may never know. Well, there you go. I, mean, I might have to set the alarm clock and wake him up in the first. Well, what inning is, is it? The first inning? If it's not the first inning, may, maybe not. But um, <laughs> no, I mean that's it, it's weird. It's like how it's going to be really interesting to evaluate this team at the end of the season. Is it going to be after a, a nice long postseason run? I sure as heck hope so. Is it shaping out to be that way? Not necessarily. A couple big wins here against the Royals, and I know their schedule the rest of the way is pretty favorable, but I mean, they just not even as good as they were last year, both with additions, current performance, you name it. So are they going to at least it's going to start having players perform to, to like they're, they're more towards their capabilities, like a Lucas Giolito, like a Lance Lynn for the remainder of the season. Are they going to stay healthy in the bullpen with, with someone like a Joe Kelly? Um, and are they going to get like a little bit more performance? Like I said, out of, out of uh, even some of their hitters that, that have been underperforming, like a Yasmani Grandal and a Yohan Moncada. Like, are we going to get all that? That's a lot of like, right. Yeah, and you're not supposed to there. be building anymore. You're supposed to be built right. and then adding. You, this still feels like you're still trying to, to build this to make the complete picture, but you're already a year too late. Yeah. And there's still quite, like I said, there's literally question marks everywhere. There is a question mark, question marks in the rotation. There are question marks in the bullpen. There are question marks in the lineup. Like it's not only like, all right, we have a little bit of a perform, like underperforming issue with the bullpen, but you know, the bats are there, the, the defense is there, the starting pitching's there. Like we wish we could have added maybe more bullpen arms or we're not. And you know, we're, we're down a few to injuries. Okay. Maybe then, you know, you can live with that, but no, there's, there's underperforming players in, in, in each part of the depth chart there. Um, um, like you said, that that's not where we're supposed to be. At the very least, like you mentioned, this was supposed to be like the 2016 Cubs year. At the very, very least, couldn't have been like a 2015, 2014 year where it remind me like NLCS, right? And getting getting beat uh, in the NLCS to the, to the Dodgers one of those years or whatnot. Like mm-hmm. it, should, it should at the very least be a long, prospering postseason run type of year, right? You don't necessarily you know, would have had to be the team to win it all this year, but to at least kind of kind of get close and give yourself a realistic chance. And who knows, maybe they can. But even if you do, you're going to do it with, at the very least, a subpar regular season. And I'm not going to go on ahead and bet the ranch that even if they do sweep into the playoffs, it's going to be a long run. So, I mean, if, if even if you're evaluating the season as a whole, where we're at to this point, and even when it's all done, you know, when you look at the first few parts of the season, it's going to be big question marks no matter what, unless with that slight percentage chance, they do win it all. Boy, wouldn't that be something? They'll be your Braves, your 2023, 22 Braves. You see, but the Atlanta Braves, uh, remind me, Joey, did they do something at last year's deadline before? Just a couple the, things. Maybe like adding a whole new outfield or something or something of the like. So, see, a lot of people bring that up, too. It's like, oh, well, you could still maybe be like the, you know, the Atlanta Braves of last year. Well, the thing is, they did something at the trade deadline, brought in quite a few big names. Maybe that's it. that might have helped. I don't know. Question mark. Um, but the White Sox weren't the only team who didn't do anything in this town uh, come the trade deadline because apparently to the White Sox, the sellers weren't selling. And to the Cubs, the buyers weren't buying. So you still have Contreras. You still have Hap. Obviously, the biggest the biggest question mark of it all is Contreras. Uh, Joey, you as a Cub fan, I really am wondering here. Puzzled? Um aggravated i i don't know what what the right word would be for 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 how you feel as a cup fan about something like that only because if you end up doing the whole qualifying offer thing and getting a compensatory pick which is 
maybe like i was gonna say that seems like what's going to be the case so we said the case was going to be that he was going to get traded and that didn't even happen but you're looking at somewhere was it around high 60s 67 high 60s to to 80 right of, of a draft pick you're looking at if you do get the compensatory pick so if that's how it shapes out or who knows maybe they offer him a deal <laughs> so everybody's saying like that's not going to be the case but you know, we were all predicting that what the case was going to be was he was going to be traded. That didn't happen. So, yeah, I'm just curious as as the Cub fan here on the show, what what, what you feel about that? Joey's word is confused. Because we've been had to mentally prepare for the last two weeks for this to be like, OK, great. Here we go again. Wilson Contreras, World Series champion, gone. Ian Happ, cornerstone of this current team, gone. And then you have to start all over again. And now we sit here and the two of them are still here. I know they made a couple of minor moves, but they're still here. They're ecstatic to still be here. And then you're left with, well, I'm happy to see that they're happy and that we're able to still see them in, in, in cubby blue. But I'm also like, well, why couldn't they get anything for like, why couldn't you get anything for them? And should they have? And like I know Hap is easier to build around than Contreras because of age and position, but now you're kind of like, okay, well, what does that mean? Are they going to extend Contreras? Are they going to let him walk? Are they going to try to trade him again? Is this whole thing going to happen next July? And and where do these guys fit in the bigger plans? Are they closer to competing than we think if they kept these guys? Or are they still in their sell-off? Like it, it, it leaves too many unanswered questions, and you're still here going, okay, well, they sold off last year. They flirted with selling off again this year. Didn't except for their whole bullpen. <laughs> uh, they're still going to be bad, but you still paid Marcus Stroman and say a Suzuki on a team that's going to finish, you know, probably close to last. Right. So it's like, wh- where are they? Are they closer to building, building in the rebuild or are they still tearing it down? And as happy as I'm see those guys stay, it just makes me confused in the trajectory because they're not being transparent. We talked about it last week. They're not as transparent as they were the first time doing this. And it just leaves you in a very confused state. Or, you know, what's funny? Are they, are they being ultra transparent? Because as I said, it's not necessarily a rebuild. They're not built. They're not, you know, bandaging the thing either. So that's kind of where you're at now. Like, okay, Contreras and Happer still here. Are you are you going to end up signing Contreras? Are you going to end up also eventually keeping Hap? Are you not? And it's more or less jokingly I say this. Like obviously, no, there there are parts of where they're not being super transparent. But I don't even know if it's a problem of more or less a problem of transparency, or which I find this a little hard to believe because I think there's there's enough smart people in that front office. Is it almost like how we were talking about the White Sox just a moment ago, where you really don't even necessarily have this full out plan? Right, like you get to the trade deadline, right. maybe like obviously, like I'm, they were shopping them. You, you that that part is you know, obviously true, but just like the White Sox, where you were shopping around, but you didn't get exactly what the value you wanted. Same thing as the Cubs; they apparently didn't get the value they wanted. So you just sit and hold because you're not fully all in on a rebuild because you don't really honestly have that plan. Which is when you don't, you come up with stuff in interviews and whatnot of like, well, it's not a complete this because maybe in their head, it's really not like maybe it isn't a complete rebuild, but it can be. And come this trade deadline, it really wasn't like, there's almost some truth to what they were saying now. Um, Funny enough, but 
I think that's still kind of a frustrating part because, like I said, there should be enough smart people in that building, and I believe there are, that you could f- come up with a plan and then be transparent about that. You've had long enough to see what you have here with this team. It's going to be, what, a 60-something win team. Um, you have you should have been able to figure out just exactly what what the plan is to then be aggressive enough of a, of a shopper and for the White Sox of a buyer come the trade deadline. Um, so I, the, the one of the weirdest, not weirdest, but I think one of the funniest possible scenarios could be like after all that, you know, emotional distress or whatnot, somebody like a Contreras does get signed, right? Like long-term and, ju- and just stay a cub for a while because like, oh, look, you, you just never know. Like just when you thought maybe you were out the door, not so much, but you know, it's weird. You know, we joke around where the Sox weren't necessarily finding the the, the right sellers or like the, it wasn't really necessarily um, no, enough people selling and like Cubs will stay the opposite. It's like, you know, one of the one of the places where the White Sox could have upgraded is the outfield. And I know like a lot of like there's a lot of fan theories going around as well. Um, you know, mock trades of like, oh, half to the White Sox. Can that work? At the very least, you couldn't figure that out. I would have loved to have on the South side. It, would, it definitely would have been an improvement from what they have currently. Um, at the end of the day, like the Cubs who were trying to shop around and maybe trying to shop half around, like Cubs and Sox couldn't have come up to no- nothing there. Like, I-, I don't know. So it's interesting unless it's potentially in their plans to keep both players. Who really knows at this point? Yeah, and the DH helps with Contreras for sure. I mean, that changes the whole ball game um, for future. But yeah, they're just, uh, I don't know. It's like they stayed. I'm happy because I don't like the good players getting spurned. But I'm also like, it's still not going to be appointment television where I go, oh my God, they're still here. I got to go watch a Cub game. Like, if it's on, I'll watch it. If I'm going, I'll go. But it, it's it's still we're still in the same place we were a couple of days ago with less pitching so you look at it and go okay it's it's still all eyes next year well i think we have time like there's like the, there's this time frame now to critique this no action at the trade deadline for the cubs because if come next year you know it's the qualifying offer and then after next season you know, Contreras hits free agency and then goes off to a different team. Then when he, if he were to finally sign with a different team after next season, then that's when like this, you could be more critical about this. Cause like, what the heck we really all we got was a compensatory pick and that's it. Like you couldn't have got that during the 2022 trade deadline, like something of equal or better value at the time. Um, and just have not, you know, played all this silly business with the next year and a qualifying offer. Um, so that's when I think we could, be more critical if that scenario works itself out, which a lot of people are predicting or thinking that it will work out that way. Um, but you know, if, if the front, if the Cubs front office does better things up until then, to where it's just like kind of an after, like, all right, yeah, that was silly. Don't know really what they were doing here, but they've done X, Y, and Z much better since then to now still have me have some faith in them. You know, that's it. But yeah, you can't almost be too critical about it now because like, it's still just, it's still technically a question mark, which, which, which direction they're going to go in. Right. They're damned if they do, or they're damned if they don't, like they traded. I'm like, Oh my God, we're pissed. But also we understand the future or it's, Oh my God, we didn't trade them. What's our future. Like, it's just, it's, it's just very, very odd to be a cub fan these days. It's fun. Well, the thing is here, too, and I think with the Contreras one, who's eventually he's going to be on the if you sign him eventually to a long term deal, he's going to be, you know, those 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 years are going to be going into his what mid 30s by that time. Uh, he's 30. He's 30 right now. Um, 
the the interesting thing too with Contreras though is there was there really nobody out there who would have gave you a nice package for Wilson Contreras that that part I almost find the most thing that's hard to believe I know the New York Mets were one of the teams uh, that were thrown out there so it's actually kind of funny if if you're a New York Mets fan are you almost you know ticked off that that you didn't get a name that was rumored in a Wilson Contreras like are you almost more pissed off as a, as a Mets fan <laughs> than the Cubs are here in their time it's like yeah we really wanted you know somebody like a Wilson Contreras like add that bat stay in the National League DH like you said um, is going to make it to where that's you know favorable no matter you know which league he goes to or stays in so there's that there too which somebody like Wilson Contreras and the value you would have thought he had you couldn't even even if you thought the value was up here right like at the end of the day you wouldn't have settled for a notch or so below even if you know you were you felt like you got a little low balled like for him to not be moved in the situation the Cubs are now to me it would have almost had to be like teams were offering you nothing but like fleece offers where it's like, Oh man, no, you're fleecing us. So th- it's just like something that's completely undervalued because something like it was Contreras, especially once again, going with an example of the New York Mets, how you couldn't get anything of like close to what the value is that, that they would have thought for Wells Contreras is a little bit of a head scratch to me. Like I, I just, that's also another part that I find hard to believe is that you really couldn't find a team out there that would give you enough value for somebody like a Wells Contreras. Plot twist. They use it against him in future negotiations where, hey, look at the league even thinks your value this. As of 2022 trade deadline, I could tell you, we didn't deal with that idea. <laughs> because, you know, th- this is the value that the that the um, league was giving us. So you might just want to sign here long term and take, you know, this nice fancy deal with us because this is where your value was at. Come the trade deadline. No, that's that's probably definitely not what the case is, but it's a nice little fun plot plot twist theory. Yeah, and then it could hurt him. I mean, you know, if he wasn't valued, I mean, it depends what the Cubs ask. They may have asked for the world, but, you know, if he wasn't valued enough to get traded this time around, it's interesting for his value when he becomes, if and when he becomes a free agent. Well, I mean, what's also really weird about that is what happens, like, say, like, there's a qualifying offer, obviously, which is all but assumed, like, is he going to have like another emotional somewhat send off by the fans at the end of next season? <laughs> and then, Oh, actually the, the cup signed him. He actually comes back and there was no need for an emotional send off the second time he's coming back and he's here to stay. But no, I mean, if you have, if the Cubs have those Contreras for just one more year and he goes through that weird roller coaster again, and then goes and signs with a different team, which it would be good for him. He'd probably make, you know, some pretty good cash and he'll, he'll be fine at the end of the day, obviously, but it would be weird to do that to, to do that to somebody like Wilson Contreras again, which obviously that's once again, the nature of the beast nature of the business, but that would just be an, another interesting and weird. If it plays out that way, you know, storyline there, that is just kind of it, just weird, <laughs> just that simple, just weird. If like, you know, he has another emotional send off ever really same thing with an Ian Happ, who knows? No, absolutely. Yeah. We'll see. It's, it's not a fun emotional roller coaster for sure for them, especially and for Cub fans, but it's sadly the nature of the beast right now. Can you imagine if you just got traded from your job to job? Like, I kind of forget about that. We're like, we think about from a sports lens, like when people get drafted or traded, like they're not like video games. Like this would be like, Dan, we got to inform you. We're trading you to Minnesota for the rights to the new intern at the other company. Good luck. Okay. I guess I got to go. <laughs> You know, and I I get exactly where that where that would suck, especially with like a family and you know schools and relocating and things like that. If I got paid millions of dollars to do even what I do now, and I had to go ship myself off to you know Minnesota or San Diego or Kansas City for you know a few months, like 
three more months of the year, then I could go back to my permanent residence and have an off season. I think I'll be okay with that. But no, I, I still do see because I mean, think about it. A, a lot of these players now, like in the cities that they play, that's not necessarily where their permanent residence is in the off season. So, you know, but I get it. I get where like yeah, that could be a little confusing, or just not knowing what organization slash you know company you you know in our case like you would be working for the very next day, and you know just. Just like that, you could be thrown right out. So, uh, so no, I, that that would be a little a little weird. Not you know, if you think about it that way, but comes with the comes with the territory, does it not? I, I think so. And, and and to wrap it up, Joey, I would say which one is the bigger? And we talked about this a little bit of the pre-show. Not which one has like the bigger um, implications to it, but which one is the is the bigger head scratcher? Is it a bigger head scratcher that the white side? and go out and do more right during this championship window or is it that also didn't do a lot because as much as you can look at it as this is the White Sox window to win a championship you can look at it as of now also on the where like we could sell off fucking of trips we should sell off fucking of trips and get a big um you know, return form because we're obviously a, a pretty crap team now. So like we, we need to do this whole rebuilding over again. And then as we talked about last show, hopefully just sustain that for the foreseeable future. So I don't know which one is honestly like the, the bigger head scratcher at the end of the day, the white Sox might be the more disappointing one, but which one's the bigger head scratcher. I honestly think it's the white Sox because the Cubs one is just weird and confusing. The white Sox to me is the bad one in head scratcher because it's either unacceptable. They didn't make a move because they needed to, to, to compete and then or it's an admission of we're not good enough to compete, which is also unacceptable. So let's not make a move. It's just it's it, it's an admission of failure this season for the White Sox and what was supposed to be a special year versus the Cubs. Like it's confusing, but you weren't expecting anything from them this year. Anyway, it doesn't have as big of implications, potentially, I think, as the White Sox inaction does. Yeah, no, I I, I guess I could see that, too, and. There's just so much other stuff that comes with the White Sox because I think it also just keeps piling on to what's been so far, obviously, a disappointing year. Well, the Cubs, disappointing in the sense of where they're at in the standings, but more that was what was more assumed, obviously, coming in where the White Sox are way below their expectations. And then, as we mentioned earlier, and now you're coming here into the trade deadline, it's like, oh, we're really not doing too much. We'll, we'll, we'll add to the bullpen with a veteran southpaw, and there we go. <laughs> so yeah, I guess uh definitely the White Sox is the, the the whole year has been a head scratcher though. Like not even the, so that's probably why it is the White Sox is everything about this year has been a head scratcher um from start to finish. How it's gonna wrap up? Well, we're pro- I think we're we're already under the sixty game mark. You know, we got we got two months left of baseball and then we're heading on over to the postseason, hopefully, to see what's gonna happen. So White Sox, enough of the head scratchers. Let's just get it together, get it in gear, and get to the postseason and see what happens. And I'm gonna try to end the show optimistic, which we good. You should, in in optimistic, in optimistic spirits. But oh boy, you know we'll we'll remember if 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 this window, you know, from start to finish doesn't work out, and the White Sox don't bring in a championship within you know the next three to five plus years, then this will be one of the moments that are looked at even more critically you know you're going to look at it with a with a more critical mindset and lens um this trade deadline if after this window we're not raising championship banners no absolutely so can't wait for that discussion i believe in chicago sports in 2028 um maybe we'll still be doing it maybe i'll be bald we'll see what happens
But on that note, because you can't wait so long for that, we're going to end this show right now. Thank you so much for listening to Believe in Chicago Sports. As always, we're on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm on Twitter at Joey Gelman. He's on Twitter at Tweet Dan Collins. We thank you so much for listening. Um, hopefully, we'll have some fun stuff to talk. Well, it was a fun stuff, but hopefully always more positive things next week. If you can believe it, it's our first uh, Bears game week next week. First preseason game, August 13th. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs versus Justin Fields and the Bears, which is more like Nathan Peterman and the Bears versus the Chiefs fourth string quarterback. Um, but, you know, that's starting up soon. So we'll we'll get you ready for all things football and everything else that comes our way next week in the world of Chicago sports. Until next time, he's Dan. I'm Joey. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.